At this point is where our worship begins to look a little different. Uh, the band has stopped, and we're not going to necessarily sing uh, uh, praises during this part. But this is where we get to. Uh, this is where we get to give back. We get to praise and we get to worship by giving back a small portion of what it is that the Lord has blessed us with and given us to have. Now, normally we would pass baskets, but we're still trying to be COVID conscious, and so I would like to invite you uh, to continue to give online. Third Street Church. You can give online. Also, next time you're here, I'm going to have up on the screen this number. We can just do a text-to-give situation where you just literally just type in a text message, boom. I'm about to give my entire life savings to the mission of the church, and then bam, through a text message, there it is. It's an exaggeration. It's okay. Don't freak out. I didn't just hit you up. I promise. But it'll be, it'll be up on the screen for you next time. But continue for now to give online. All right, we're going to go ahead and start uh, from this point forward. Would you join me in prayer uh, for our time in the Word? Father God, we, we, thank you for, um, we thank you for your sovereignty. Lord, we thank you that you take old, broken things and you make them new. Lord, we thank you that while we were yet still sinners. We thank you that while we were still a long way off, you saw fit to send your son to come get us. God, we want that to be our focus this morning. We want that to be the message we receive this morning, however it is we need to receive it. And so, Lord, at this time, I pray that you open our hearts and our minds to the things that your spirit has to impress upon us so that not one of us can leave this space this morning without knowing full well that the God of the universe and the creator of all things has spoken directly and intimately to us. We pray these things in the precious son, Jesus name. Amen. So if you, haven't, if you haven't been keeping up uh, online, just a reminder that, that uh, we now have uh, on, on Tuesdays is when we typically post whatever happened on Sundays. So you can catch that on our YouTube channel. You can catch it on our website. You can catch it on Apple Podcasts. You can catch it on Spotify Podcasts. Just look for Third Street Community Church in any of those forums, and it's there for you so you can keep up. But if you haven't kept up, it's okay. I'm going to get you caught up real quick. For the last couple of weeks, we've been in this series called The Hills. Church, can you you say the hills. the hills. Man, I missed you being able to do that with me. Just, you know what, just, just, just come on one more time. Say the hills. the hills. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. So, so we've been in this series called The Hills, and KT kicked this series off for us week one. He talked to us about the hill that Jesus died on. Yeah, we mentioned, we mentioned the specific hill, but it wasn't as much about a pile of dirt as it was the fact that Jesus died for a purpose, right? I think in a lot of times we've, we, we've lost the taste in our mouths for how beautiful and how scandalous it is that Jesus would die for us. And so we needed a refresher that, that Jesus died on a hill, that Jesus died for us, that Jesus died for a purpose, and that that purpose is redemption. So when he sees a person, he's like, I die for that. When he sees somebody who's a real long way off, he looks at them and he thinks, I die for that. And so where we've been since then is we've been going through, because I want to make it crystal clear that as we begin to regather and as we welcome people who have been with us this entire time or maybe they haven't, I want to make crystal clear who we are 
the type of church that we are, the things, the hills, if you will, that we as a church will die on. Last week, if you didn't catch it, I'll give you a brief summary. We talked about dying on the hill of unity. That in all ways that it costs us something, we're willing to give that up to adhere by any means necessary to the unity of the body. We have to acknowledge, as you look around this room, I don't know if you've caught this, but not all of us look the same. Not all of us have come from a similar background. And surely, positively, 100%, not all of us have been through the same things. But when God looks at his people, he sees one people. He sees beauty in diversity. He sees beauty in your ethnicity. He sees beauty in your cultural upbringing. He sees beauty in the things that make us different. But when he sees us together, he sees unity made possible through the sacrifice and the ministry of Jesus Christ. This week, we get to talk about the second hill. If you didn't catch it, it's right above me. Unite. This week we move on to, can somebody say it for me? Can somebody just say that again for me? Can somebody say it like God actually put breath in your lungs this morning? There we go. This morning we talk about renewal. You can meet me in the book of Ephesians. It's where we left off last week, where we pick up this week. We're going to flip just two chapters over. And we'll be in chapter 4. If you don't have your physical Bible and your kid is occupying your electronic device, then please feel free to look up on the screen right here in front of me. This is Ephesians chapter 4. And we're going to begin our time in verse 17. This is good news. Ephesians 4, 17 says this, Now this I say... And testify in the Lord that you must no longer walk as the Gentiles do in the futility of their minds. They're darkened in their understanding, alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to their hardness of hearts. They've become callous and have given themselves up to sensuality, greedy to practice every kind of impurity. But that is not the way you learned in Christ. Assuming that you have heard about him and were taught in him as the truth is in Jesus to put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life and is corrupt through deceitful desires and to be renewed, church say renewed, to be renewed in the spirit of your minds and to put on the new self created after the likeness of God and true righteousness and holiness. Therefore, you always got to ask yourself, what's the therefore, therefore? I was an English major for all of six weeks in college, and that's the only thing I learned. Therefore, having put away falsehood, let each one of you speak the truth with his neighbor, for we are members of one another. Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger. And give no opportunity to the devil. Let the thief no longer steal, 
but rather let him labor doing honest work with his own hands so that he may have something to share with anyone in need. Let no corrupting talk come out of your mouth, but only such as is good for building up as fits the occasion, that it may give grace to those who hear. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you along with all malice. Verse 32, be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. The internet can be a dark and scary place. Amen? Mm -hmm. But sometimes... It can be a hilarious place, particularly when trolls decide to hijack something and make it mean something that it never originally meant. For example, December 3rd, 2020, poor Justin Pavlik was just looking for some car advice. Poor Justin Pavlik was just looking for some car advice. He says, the car's power locks have not worked since I got the car. The only side that works is my passenger door. I press unlock and I can get in from the passenger seat, but nowhere else. What do I do? Trusty Facebook friends. This is the day Justin Pavlik learned he has bad friends. (laughs) The first bit of advice he got when looking to fix this problem on his car was somebody saying, I know, try punching through the glass of your driver's side window, then you could get in the driver's side window. Perhaps, number two, perhaps enter through the sunroof instead. I know. Try turning it off and then on again. Try unplugging it and blowing in the cartridge, I mean the socket. Throw it away, get a new one. Try smacking it on the top three or four times, screaming, come on! Pray over it. This one's my favorite. Did you try putting it in rice? (laughs) Try soaking it in water with Thieves Cleaner to remove all the gunk. Then add a nice grounding blend and it should be calmed and ready to cooperate. I think that's an essential oil joke. I don't really get it, I just read it. Here's the point. All of us at some point are looking for something to be fixed. All of us at some point are looking for a fresh start, if you will, for something that used to work, now it doesn't, to work again. All of us are looking to replace something that is broken. All of us, in some way, are looking for help with some new strength. And we try anything we can think of, don't we? There's an oil for that. But 
I believe we most likely find that anything we try, similar to the suggestions on this Facebook post, was actually no more effective in fixing or renewing the product than any other previously mentioned solution. In this text, in this text, the Apostle Paul offers a reminder that for those of us who have come to Christ, we no longer need to worry about how we can move on. We no longer need to worry about how something can be fixed. We no longer need to worry about how we can be made new again. If you don't hear anything else I'm about to say for the rest of this time, I want you to hear what I'm going to say right now. The good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ is that no matter who you are, no matter what you've been through, no matter what it is you may have been guilty of once upon a time, when you come to Jesus Christ, you can be made new. comes as no surprise, and I hope it does your heart good to hear me say this again. I've got three points for you this morning. Three points and three points only. Can I tell you what they are? Two people are ready to hear what they are. Can I tell you what they are? Yes. Amen. Point one, renewal begins with a soft heart. Paul speaks about this group of Gentiles He knows that they've heard the truth of Jesus. They've heard people loudly proclaiming the name of Jesus just as I am loudly proclaiming it now. They've they've heard it before. They've sat in gymnasiums in the middle of basketball games while they're waiting on their food to finish. And they've heard the name of the Lord before. They've seen people radically transform their lives, change their behaviors and their attitudes around, and become what they're calling, I think it's Christians. Uh They've seen it. It's happening in their community. And yet, this group in particular Uh refuse to take it to heart. They refuse to let any notion that the words of hope Jesus brings could even possibly be true or even possibly apply to me. They seek other ways of understanding. They seek and live by other standards of living. And Paul, what I love about Paul, Paul might be my favorite. I'm trying to decide in this moment if he's my favorite. He might be my favorite apostle. (laughs) Paul never mixes up his words. He might repeat his words, but he doesn't mix them up. He knows what he's saying. And to this group of Gentiles, Paul says they're ignorant. Uh Ignorant. Imagine somebody calling you ignorant. You're ready to fight, aren't you? Said, I'm what? Said, I'm what? Like he said, they're ignorant. They are darkened in their understanding. They're callous to God. They've given themselves completely over to sensuality and self pleasure. 
Paul says they, as a result, are cut off from the life of God. And I want to make a clear distinction. They're not cut off because of what they're doing. They're not cut off because they're out here selfishly getting their own pleasure. They're not even necessarily cut off because they choose to live by a standard that Christians don't hold themselves to. They're cut off, Paul says, due to their hardness of heart. Meaning they're not even a little bit open. Like they might be a really long way off from Christ and they're not even a little bit turned towards his direction. They're all the way cold backs turned to God. In other words, God, you may or may not have actually created me, but by either account, no thank you on telling me how to live. I see. Man. That's pretty bad. It's not the things that they do that disqualifies them. It's the hardness of heart. If you look in the story of Exodus, God did a lot with a tough situation. God, in the midst of slavery, brought plagues. And while Pharaoh kept his hard heart and could not overcome the elements of the world, the Hebrew people whose hearts were soft towards God were set free. God can do a lot in a crazy situation with a soft heart. Paul in verse 20 gives the believers in this passage some good news. He says, they're hard-hearted. And I picture him saying it like my grandma used to say, hard-headed. You hard-headed. Paul's like, you hard-hearted. Bring your hard heart over here so I can smack the back of it. No way, that doesn't work. But Paul gives good news in verse 20. He says, but you're not like that. You're not like them. That's not what you learned. In other words, I still hear my grandma's voice saying, you know better. But these guys, these guys are doomed to repeat the same cycle. See, these guys think they know better. These guys think that they got, that they'll find an answer for a situation. These guys are going to continue to, to, to seek after pleasures positionally, financially, sexually, etc. Whatever is right in their own eyes, they're going to keep on going after that. But what they're doomed to experience is that In all of this that they're chasing after, they will never be satisfied no matter how high they climb on that ladder. They'll never have satisfaction. As long as they live this way, they'll never have healing. And they'll never have redemption. I'm sure you're like me. You know the life that I'm talking about. You know the life I'm talking about. We all have a past. Sometimes I'm reminded of this past when I drive up 77 North. There's a particular exit. And if you look closely at this exit, you can see this building. You can get a quick glimpse 
of this building where I used to go multiple times a week to gamble. And the reminder isn't as painful about the gambling as it is that this building has become a shrine to a season that I wish I could forget. It's a season where I was making a conscious effort in my youth to do everything I could think of that God would not want me to do. I wanted to be free. I wanted to be doing things on my terms. I wanted to chase after things I felt like I was never given, and I wanted to get them the way that I felt like I could get them. It's a season where I was selfish. It's a season where I was chasing pleasure, thrill, fulfillment, and security that I felt like I needed. I was doing what I wanted to do the way I wanted to do it. But the sad reality of that season, because ironically, some of my closest friends were there with me in that season. And it's not about them. It's about what was happening in me. The sad reality of that season is I never got the satisfaction that I was looking for. And as a matter of fact, all I ever got out of that season is a continually weak stomach every time I pass that building and remember all the things I did that I wish I could forget. But the gospel of Jesus says to those of us who have a past, does anyone else in here have a past? Somebody make me feel a little bit better superficially. Like, do you have a past too? The gospel of Jesus says to those of us with a past, when you have softened your heart to Christ, you allow his presence in your once hardened heart. When you turn your body language towards him, he begins this work of making you a new person. He says, you're not that person anymore. Now when I drive past that exit on 77, sometimes I get in my feelings. Sometimes I get in my head about all the person I used to be. But on a good day, I remember to celebrate. Thank God I'm not that person anymore. The good news is when we let Jesus in, we're not that person we used to be. If you're listening to this and you know in your heart you've been far from God, but you found that things just aren't getting better for you, there doesn't seem to be joy or hope or peace in your life, then I want you to hear me say that Jesus extends an invitation to a fresh start. Renewal begins with an acknowledgement of the ways we have turned ourselves away from God and instead beginning to turn ourselves towards him. Even if you've known Jesus for a little while, I would encourage you to look in the ways that your heart has still been hardened, preventing the Lord from giving you a fresh start in that particular area of your life. Did y'all see that? I feel like that was Rachel's way of me saying you need to get on to the next point. I'm sorry. I told you I had three. I'm going to get to them. Here we go. Point two. Point two. Point two says the battleground for renewal is in your mind. 
The battleground for renewal is in your mind. Paul is saying, once you've learned the, once you've let the truth of Jesus set into your heart, you're now able to shed this layer of you called the old self. He says, take off your old ways. I want us to picture us taking off our old ways the same way we take off our dirty clothes at the end of a long day. Now notice something. I'm about to start a fight with my wife today. Notice that Paul does not say take off your old clothes and keep it handy in case you want to put it back on again. Because they're not really dirty. Some of us treat our old sinful habits like our laundry. We think we can wear it a few times before we actually throw it down as dirty. Some of us aren't quite ready for every part of our life to go through the wash. So we'd rather just keep it on the floor or on the end of my bed. I'm sorry, babe. Next to us in case we want to wear it again. But the Lord is trying to do a work that we don't know if we're ready for him to do. The Lord wants to give us, Paul says, a new wardrobe. He wants to clothe us in this word called righteousness. And he wants us to be a shiny, fresh-smelling, clean example for others to want to follow. But in order to do that, there has to be a transformation in the way that we think. We have to allow God to inform the way we think about things. The battleground is in the mind because we have to let go of some of our old ways of thinking. And we have to train ourselves. We have to teach ourselves to think like God would think. You want to know how God thinks? Look at Jesus. You want him to make it plain for you? He wrote it down. That's how God thinks. We must train ourselves by meditating on his truths, how to think like God. Let me make it plain with the best example that I can think of. We do this thing when we look in the mirror where we pick out all the parts of ourselves that we don't like. We see the flaws. We see the blemishes. We see all the ways that we don't fit into what we're trying to fit into. We see what needs fixed about us. We see the extra attention we need to give to certain parts of ourselves. And ultimately, when we walk away, we can't possibly fathom that anyone would see us any differently. We don't see ourselves in a positive light. And because of that, I'm convinced that part of what slows down each of our renewal process is our poor view of self. We don't believe it about ourselves. We don't believe we can be different. We don't believe we can be better. We don't believe that God could possibly use somebody like us. We believe that Christ may have done the things that he says he does that Christ may continue to do the things that we say he continues to do, but not with me. It's far beyond me. A part of renewing our minds is we need to have an imagination 
for what God can do with us. Timothy Keller talks about this. He talks about, he talks about renewing your imagination. We've got to renew our imagination. We've got to begin to train our minds to have an imagination for what God could possibly do, yes, with us. We see damaged goods rather than a blank canvas. We see ourselves as the dirty, busted oyster rather than the pearl that's developing inside. We see ourselves as old, darkened bananas. When Jesus is trying to tell you, chill, I'm letting you hang like that because I'm about to make banana bread. The crazy thing is I don't even like banana bread, but I just knew that would hit with somebody. Once we have softened our hearts towards the Lord, our next stop has to be letting him transform our minds, transform our imaginations, transform the way we think about ourselves and other things. And this is why. Because when we've let the Lord transform our hearts and we've let the Lord transform our minds, then we get to do point number three. Renewal is experienced in lived action. What do you mean by that? Let me tell you, in verses 25 through 32, Paul goes on a long string of, of put this down, pick this up. Stop doing this, start doing this. I love Paul. It's so helpful when he does stuff like this. Put off this, put on this. I'm not talking about just standing there naked. I'm talking about clothing yourselves in righteousness. See, the thing about repentance is that it's not just saying, I'm sorry, I'll do better. It's not just saying, I'm sorry, I missed the hamper, I'll put it in the hamper next time. The thing about repentance is you actually turn yourself away from the direction that you were facing. And instead, you open yourself up towards the direction the Lord is facing. So Paul says, stop telling lies. Instead, I know this is a wild concept, tell the truth. It is some kind of hard for some folks. Hey, listen, and sometimes the truth hurts. Sometimes speaking truth isn't easy. Sometimes speaking truth isn't just you look nice today because they look nice today. But sometimes speaking truth is being like, bro, you got broccoli in your teeth. That's a real friend. Paul says, quit stealing. And then he gives a really practical, practical, uh, 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 instead do this. He says, instead use your hands, your sticky fingers for hard work. Some of y'all have been stealing time away from the Lord. He says instead, use that time that you're wasting right now and put it to good work. I don't got time. I don't got time. I got to keep going. He said, because he's going to talk to me right here. He says, don't use foul or abusive language. You You didn't know how I am in traffic. You didn't know, but now you know. He says, instead, speak words of encouragement. 
He says, let go of. Let go of bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, slander. That's just, man. The crazy thing is he's just talking about my December. And he says instead, which must mean that God has a way to make it possible, right? He says instead, pick up kindness, tenderheartedness. And we don't like this one, but I'm going to say it anyway. It's an F word. You ready? No, we said don't use that language. It's forgiveness. We don't like that one. When your heart and your mind are renewed, you begin to notice that you do things differently. Your personality doesn't necessarily change. You're still skilled at the same things. But you notice you have a different heart behind the things that you do. That your motives and your mentality about what you do is better. You take what what you were doing for selfish pleasure before ripping somebody down and instead... You give it a renewed purpose. You're the person that always builds people up. And you might be saying to yourself, I know some of y'all just well enough to know that you're thinking this right here. I know some of you just well enough to know that you're thinking, yeah, but I can act that way without being renewed. Because, Pastor, you don't know this, or I don't think you know this, but I've been acting this way for a very long time. But I don't know that the Lord has actually renewed my heart and my mind. And what I would tell you is you can have action. You can be encouraging. You can show up at all the right things. You can be helpful. You can build people up. You can do those things without actually being renewed. The difference is when you do those things without being renewed, you're still dead inside. And all the satisfaction you're going to get from doing that nice thing Mm -hmm. is the pat on the back that you get from whoever saw you do it. And that's it. As quickly as that goes, so does the satisfaction. When your heart and your mind are being renewed, though, these actions don't become as much about stop doing this or thou shalt not do this. You become this person that just wouldn't. You become the person who wouldn't. It's not about denying yourself these selfish pleasures over here. It's about being a person who seeks pleasure in the Lord. Now, here at Third Street, we believe that the best way to live out the renewal process, because if I haven't said that yet, let me, let me just say that real quick for free. It's a process, right? Like, it's a process. One term that, uh, one term that, was, that was frequent in, in, uh, in my uh, family's household was the, ter- was the term uh, back- backslidden or backslider. We used to say that he was a backslidden Baptist, This idea is like, it's funny, but it's faulty in that renewal is a process. You don't just like take your engine to get fixed 
And then everything about the car is automatically fixed. In fact, most times when you fix one thing about your car and you drive it off the lot, you just notice the other thing that was wrong before, but you didn't notice it till that first thing was fixed. It's a process. It's a process. And we believe that the best way to live out this process is in community. Nobody can do this alone. And that's why over the pandemic, we've done these things called huddles. Because we need to have spaces where it's safe to say, I'm in process. I don't have it figured out. Matter of fact, I acknowledge, and this is growth, that I have very little figured out. But I still want to know what it is that the Lord has to say to me. And then I want to process with y'all, what should I do about it? And I think if I could offer, this is the last thing I'm going to say, I'm going to get out your way. I think if I could offer any bit of encouragement to anyone who is in process, and also is, and is around anyone else who's in process. Let people be different. Like, let people be different. We need to believe in God's ability to transform the person next to us as much as we believe in God's ability to transform us. Part of what's holding them back, part of what's holding them in this same old spot is that you won't let them forget it. We need to let people be different. We need to believe that each person we come across, Holy Spirit, bring it to their minds. Yeah, even that person is not beyond renewal. That the Lord has a process even for them. And that perhaps your prayer should become that they soften their hearts not that they see the error of their ways i want to be a church that's like that i want to be a church that believes that the people in our neighborhoods can be renewed i want to be the person that that drives through the city and doesn't see what the news talks about but sees opportunity for people to turn their hearts if they're just invited in. That's good stuff, Pastor. That's the church I want to be. Yeah. You ask me, what hill are you dying on today, Pastor? I'm telling you this one right here, that all people have an opportunity to be renewed by the Holy Spirit yeah. as made possible by the sacrifice of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Great God, we thank you for this day. Lord, we thank you. We thank you that you have brought us here. That that you knew where we were going to be in this process before we even started it. Lord, we thank you that nothing surprises you. And that you've got an answer for it all. Lord, I pray that in this time, 
as we move into a time of response, that your spirit would bring to the front of our minds those areas of our lives that we need to give over to you. Lord, bring right to the forefront of our minds the things that you are telling us to put down. And Lord, I pray for the faith to believe that you make it possible for us to pick up righteousness instead. Lord, I pray that we will continue to recognize the ways that you have surrounded us in community to march forward together a better and more clear vision. We pray this in Jesus' name and all who believe say, Amen. bless up.